Levante David is liking what he's seeing, and we tell you what kind of weight that carries. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. And don't forget, you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JRCO underscore box. Finally reunited with my bestie, David Harrison. You can find oh. him at dharrison82. Both of us credentialed members of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Bucks. And we are now back covering your Bucks every Monday through Friday, along with all of our everydayers. And we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. Absolutely. And on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, we are calling out Madden 24 evaluators and analysts and whatever they call themselves, ratings gurus, talking to you, Chad Ochocinco, for their horrendous, horrendous judgment. And we're going to try to talk some sense into Antoine Winfield Jr. But first, there were some real interesting comments made by Buccaneers linebacker, Buccaneers legend, future Ring of Honor member, Levante David, regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' biggest off-season addition. Levante David was a guest on Sirius XM's NFL radio, uh, and he told hosts Alex Marvez and Robert, Robert Turbin, that's, I don't know why that was so difficult to say, what he's seen so far out of quarterback Baker Mayfield. And David said, it's always weird for me to say David said, but anyway, it is. Uh, quote, yeah, obviously Baker already, he's been the guy. And, you know, he's expected to live up to what everybody expected him to be. Baker is great for our locker room. I like the way Baker carries himself coming in with a ready to work mentality. Everybody loves him already. And the way he approaches practice is great to see. So there's definitely some great things to see out of Baker. He's a guy who's done it before, took his team to the playoffs and done some great things so far. So the competition with those guys is going to be very, very competitive. And I'm glad to be a part of it. He continued by saying during minicamp, it was really fun to see, man. Those guys were really having fun with it and they're helping each other throughout the way. Uh, so that's definitely something I love to see as well. Now, James, there has been some debate all offseason on whether or not I keep my microphone straight, uh, but also whether or not Baker or Kyle Trask uh, is is really uh, a competition. Some believe Trask isn't being given a fair shot. Uh, some believe Baker already has a starting job in the bag. Some believe that both things uh, could be true or untrue for that matter. And some believe that Baker in 2021 and 2022 is who will step on the field in 2023 rather than the one that led the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. James, what do you make of 54's comments here? This is my biggest takeaway of the comments, and it's something that I've heard from a lot of people, especially in this area who are Bengals fans, but there's also a lot of Browns fans around here. People talking about how Baker Mayfield, the guys won't rally around him. He's not a good locker room guy. He's not a true leader. His, his attitude and, and all of this is going to rub people the wrong way. So my biggest takeaway is Levante David, the 
the team captain, the leader of, of the franchise over the course of the last 10 plus years is talking about how much he loves Baker Mayfield's attitude and how much he enjoys him in the locker room and what a great teammate he's been. So that's been my biggest takeaway. And it was something that I kind of mentioned on a WTSP Wednesday with Evan Klosky was if there's a guy, let's say that the, the competition is somewhat close, but could a guy's presence in the locker room and the other players gravitating towards that player more so than the other, can that be kind of a defining factor? Can that be a reason that they name a certain player the starter? And it sounds like that's who Baker Mayfield kind of is. The guys are gravitating towards him. The guys enjoy being around him. They enjoy his work ethic and his mentality and, and everything about him. So even if this is a close competition, does that immediately give Baker Mayfield the edge? And I, I have to think that that's going to play a really big part of it because chemistry is so important on a football field. So it was, I, I don't believe that the competition is completely said and done already. I do think that Trask is going to get his opportunities, but I don't think it's going to last through all the preseason games before that final preseason game. We're going to know who the starter is. Right. I mean, whether whether Dave Canales and Todd Bowles make it official, we're going to know who the starter is. I think it's going to be pretty clear once you get on the field uh, and see what these these guys have to offer for uh, being a first string quarterback. But you know, it, it reminds me, and, and we go back to it. And when I wrote this comment that Levante had for Bucks Game Day, I actually went back to the article I wrote about Todd Bowles' comments about Baker Mayfield and the time he visited Oklahoma and how he witnessed all of those players just drawn to Baker Mayfield. And I kind of brought that back up into this piece. Uh, because it absolutely resonates. It absolutely makes a lot of sense. And yeah, you're not going, you know, if you got a guy with an NFL arm, NFL accuracy, football IQ, but no personality, you're not going to bench him in favor for the raw, raw guy. But if you both have two pairs sitting in your hand and one of you's got the personality kicker, that guy's winning the hand. That's how this is going to go down. And I go back to players before in the past saying the team, the locker room picks the quarterback. And at the end of the day, this locker room to me, I mean, when you look, listen to comments being made by guys during this dead period, when they're doing their interviews, it certainly looks like this locker room is already on board uh, with Baker Mayfield being the quarterback. They're all kind of throwing in like Levante did. He says he's like three paragraphs of praise for Baker Mayfield. And then the end, he goes, oh, yeah, the competition's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that competition. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> you didn't say one word about Kyle Trash. You didn't even say his name in the competition line. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for whatever reason, they're continuing with this. And that's fine. They have they have their reasons uh, and their motivation. But at the end of the day. You know, we we all and fortunately for the last three years, James, we haven't had to have this conversation. Right. But now we're back in the saddle with quarterback questions. And, you know, even during the majority of Jameis Winston's time, we didn't have to have this conversation because it was just kind of known that he was going to be the guy. But even NFL players. Right. And, and and sometimes we outside of the NFL kind of get this. We make this mistake of believing that NFL players are like some sort of like superior type of human. They don't experience human emotions. Um, but, but that's not the case. They're human beings just like everybody else. They are professionals. So NFL players will go on the field and play for whatever quarterback is starting. But that doesn't mean they want to play for the quarterback that is starting. And it's important for a team to want to get behind a guy. And when a team wants to get behind the guy holding the clipboard, doesn't want to get behind the guy on the field, that's a problem. And that resonates and that, that trickles down, not just through your offense, it trickles down to your defense too. Because when your defense is on the field, feeling that tension, feeling that pressure, understanding that the guy leading this team 
is not the guy they want leading this team, that is a problem. So, you know, you don't want to make too, too much of it. Again, if you've got Josh Allen and I don't know, uh, uh, not Philip Rivers, what's the guy's name? Ryan Leaf. Like if you've got Josh Allen and Ryan Leaf out there, you're not going to put Ryan Leaf out there just because he's got all the intangibles, no personality. You got to have the intangibles as well. I don't think it was a good comp, but anyway, well, I think the point I mean, still stands. You have to even, have the skills, but the personality matters. Even our longtime everydayers are going to remember us having the conversations, uh, you know, a few years back when Deshaun Jackson very clearly wanted Ryan Fitzpatrick oh to maintain the starting quarterback position, and he wasn't playing up to his full potential when Jameis was under center. And you know that caused some problems, and there was some back and forth going on. But, and I'm not saying anybody on the team is a Deshaun Jackson in terms of attitude, but no. you are going to play a little bit harder if it's your guy that's under center. This is natural, and it's any job. I don't care what job you have, whatever walk yeah. of life you're in for as a profession, you're going to work better if the boss, right, or the leader on your shift, or whatever, whatever fits your your profession, is the one you want to work for versus the one you don't want to work for. So that's just that's just human nature. And again, NFL players are susceptible uh, to it just like everybody else. And something else that people are susceptible, James, or to is making mistakes. And for some reason, people at Madden really like to make, make, make those mistakes. Year in, year out, the release of Madden 24 is right around the corner, but they're going to need to reevaluate the people they have doing the evaluations for ratings in the game. This is a make or break year for the Madden it franchise, is. and it might be broken. So that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. For just $20, you bet $20, you will land $200 in bonus bets whether you win or lose. So if you win the bet, not only do you win your money, but you also get $200 in bonus bets. That's $200 that you can then spend on anything from money line bets to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. I would go with Andres Galarraga. I'm sure he's still playing for the Colorado Rockies. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. The Tampa Bay Rays currently have the third best odds at plus 500 to win the World Series. If you're offended by that, then you want to take those odds because a $100 bet will make you $500 if they win the whole darn thing. The favorites right now, are the Atlanta Braves, who sit at plus 330, followed by the Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 480. And the Rays are uh, plus 210 favorites to face either of those teams in the World Series. I almost said Devil Rays. They haven't been the Devil Rays in forever. They're always said Devil, Devil Rays. Always. No matter what game you're watching or wager you want to make, there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 Dollars and bonus bets as fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of major league baseball. Thanks again for being a locked on bucks. Your first listen or view of the day every day, every dares. Uh make sure you're coming back. We're good. Five days a week. We are back. We are we're bake. Bake. I can't say it right. I don't know. Evan Klosky, I believe, is coming back tomorrow uh, as well. So Evan will be around to say really cool stuff. He likes to say cool things. The Madden 24 ratings are slowly starting to come out. And on Monday, the wide receiver ratings were unveiled and it caused James and I to cringe a little and it should make you do the same. Mike Evans, number 13 in your heart, number 12 in your Madden rankings, apparently, according to receivers, was 12th overall, while Chris Godwin was 23rd overall. Evans received a rating of 90, okay, while Godwin received an 86. 
Now, the top 10 receivers in the National Football League were Justin Jefferson at 99, which I already knew that before the ratings came out because he tweeted something. It might have been right after, right? As I don't know, but he tweeted something about creating himself as a 99, and now he doesn't have to create himself, which is cool. Uh, Tyreek Hill is a 98. More on that here in a little bit. Devontae Adams is a 97. Stephon Diggs is a 96. Cooper Cup is a 96. Jamar Chase is a 94. DeAndre Hopkins, 93. Terry McLaurin, 92. A.J. Brown, 91. And Amari Cooper, 91. Uh, at number 11 with C.D. Lamb at 90 overall. James, your thoughts on about eight wide receivers ranked ahead of Mike Evans that shouldn't be rated ahead of Mike Evans? I'm not going to go quite that far. But Mike Evans absolutely should be in the top 10. And the the biggest offender in all of this, and no disrespect to him as a person, but Amari Cooper is not better than Mike Evans. He's just not. Like, he might be a 91. What, what were the splits last year? It was like, he was awesome at home, but on the road, he averaged like four yards on 18 targets every week. It was It was blasphemous. And then this is the the one that I'm really interested to get your take on because to me, as much as I like him, Terry McLaurin is way too high. He should not be above AJ Brown. He should not be above CD Lamb, and he should not be above Mike Evans. So those are my biggest gripes. Like the rest of the list, I'm fine with. I'm not putting Evans over Jefferson or Hill or Devontae or Stefan or Cup or Chase or Hop. Uh, I wouldn't put him over AJ Brown, but I think you have the argument that he's right up there with CD lamb. They have him rated the same score, but Mike Evans should be ahead of Terry McLaurin and ahead of Amari Cooper. And to be quite honest, to kind of shift away from Mike Evans for just a brief second, uh, Jamar chase should be ahead of Diggs and cup, but that's just my opinion. So, you know, there are some, there, okay, so there's some there's some stuff here, right? So Tyreek Hill being 98. Here's the reason I have a problem with Tyreek Hill being 98. I'm not even saying Tyreek Hill should necessarily be below Mike Evans or whatever. I'll get into that here in just a second. But and and for those of you who are recent everydayers and weren't here for last year's Madden ratings, I care way too much about numbers and I am a huge nerd. You're about to find out if you didn't already know. Oh Lord. All right. If you look at Tyreek Hill, for example, let's look at Tyreek Hill, right? This man has got a 64 strength rating. Okay. Mm-hmm. This man has got, I, I got to scroll through, so I can't even scroll through them all right now. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to live navigate the Madden ratings, but here's, here's the bottom line. What does Tyreek Hill do? He runs really quick slants. He can take a screen really far away if, or really far away, really long distances. If he has the blocks, like this isn't something he's doing on his own. He's got to have the blocks and he can run super fast. That is it. This dude is not climbing the ladder on nothing. On nobody, he's not climbing a step stool. Like if Tua Tagovailoa throws the ball more than five foot eight inches tall, Tyreek Hill is not even going to try to catch that stinking thing. Okay, so the fact that Tyreek Hill is ninety eight, like if you're going to be a ninety nine receiver, that means you can do everything. Mm-hmm. Screen, got it. Tunnel screen, got it. Drag, slant, hitch, out, in, curl, come back, post, fly, climb the ladder, go low, slide, make the catch, all that stuff. You have to be able to do all that stuff to be a 99 in my in my opinion. Justin Jefferson, you can do that. I'm good with that. Devontae Adams, okay. Stefan Diggs, okay. Cooper Cup, eh. I don't know that he can climb the ladder all that well against other people. Jamar Chase has proven to be pretty good. Like, that's kind of my issue here. And I'm not a coder, so so you know, this is where my nerddom kind of stops. 
but I feel like the overall rating matters. Like, yes, they would like to tell you the overall rating is just a conglomerate of the rest of the ratings that just automatically compute and make an overall rating. If that's the case, a wide receiver with 64 rating in this league, this physical defense league where receivers have to be blockers and all this other stuff would not be a 98. He just wouldn't. So I believe, and the amount of times I've seen Tyreek Hill moss somebody in Madden, it's bad. The overall rating matters. And the overall rating is not just a conglomeration of the rest of the ratings, whether they, they would like to have you believe that or not. So again, that's my beef with Tyreek Hill. Again, I'm not even saying necessarily Mike Evans would be higher, but the fact that Tyreek Hill is a 98 and is going to moss your six foot four physical quarterback in Madden when you go play him is ridiculous. Um some of these other guys, look, Cooper Cup, I don't think he should be as high as he is. DeAndre Hopkins, I love D-Hop, but I think he's he's fallen off. Probably be about an 88. Terry McLaurin being above A.J. Brown is absolutely not not cool. Um, I love Terry. I think I think 92 is actually nice for Terry McLaurin. I think A.J. Brown should be more like a 95, 96. Yeah. Um, Amari Cooper, no, you're not a 90. guy. C.D. Lamb, honestly, C.D. Lamb, you know what? Be 88. Be a super proud cowboy, just be an 88 because you're not a 90. Uh, and yeah, Mike Evans being behind a, a number of these guys to me is a joke, but you know, it's Madden. So you don't want to get too mad about it, but I just, from a rating standpoint, like I would love to see a day where in, in football video games, there is no overall rating. Cause guess what? There is no overall talent for an NFL player. Just period. There's not how many times we've seen a super good free agent go somewhere, go to the wrong scheme, the wrong fit with the personnel around him, and absolutely bomb. And how many times have we seen guys? I mean, look, Kurt Cousins or Kurt Cousins, Kurt Warner outside the greatest show on turf. Maybe he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like if he goes to a different style of, of, of team, he might be back in the Canadian football league, he might be back in the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? So all that stuff matters. So what I'd like to see Madden or 2K or whoever get to is a point where all these attributes have a rating. You have a speed rating, you have a strength rating, you have a, a jump rating or whatever you want to like, whatever range you want to break down. You then, as the game player, have to go fit those individual skills with what you're going to try to do on your football team. That's what I would like to see happen so that we get rid of this overall crap taking over uh, a, a meaningless video game that I've ranted yeah. about for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, this this could be EA's last shot because those rights are up for grabs after this year. And if they bomb again, then... It it's going to be NFL 2K, just like NBA 2K and WWE 2K and all that other stuff. But David, I'm far less upset about Mike Evans than I am with Chris Godwin. Uh So we're going to talk about that as well as at least one Buccaneer that isn't giving up on the idea of number 12 emerging in training camp. That's coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and we are complaining about Madden. David, I want to play a game. You want to play a game? I want to play a game. Oh, I wish I knew you were going to say that. I would have uploaded the saw. I, I, want to play a game. I wanted it, we're talking but about practice. We're, no, talking, we're talking about, about a game. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to do I am going to name an NFL wide receiver. And you are going to tell me if you were the GM of a franchise, which receiver you would rather have because they are better. And it's going to be between a player I name uh-huh. and Chris Godwin. 
Those are your two choices. Are you ready? Good luck, Good luck to, to all these players. Yes. Jalen Waddle. Or Chris Godwin. Or Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. But it's not a landslide. Debo Samuel. Chris Godwin. Keenan Allen. Chris Godwin. What? <laughs> Tyler Lockett. Oh, this Chris Godwin. So this is getting easier. Uh, we started at the hard level. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, you know, maybe go against the Sun Devil, but it's Chris Godwin. Mike Williams. Chris Godwin. Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Chris Godwin. St. Brown's got to do it more than one year. Devontae Smith. That's that's tough because I've actually seen Devontae Smith moss some people. And he shouldn't be mossing people, but he has. That's that's. I'm gonna give that a tie. You got to pick one. It's okay to pick Devonte Smith. It's really no, like I like them. Like they're both the same, but they because they also both have like. I mean, Mike again isn't isn't quite the AJ Brown. I don't think at this point in time in their careers, but they both have the benefit of another great receiver opposite them. So uh, I'm gonna go Chris Godwin because Devonte is a two level receiver. Chris is a three level receiver. Okay, DK Metcalf. Chris. T. Higgins. See, I don't really know much about T. Higgins, so I'm going to go Chris, but I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of T. Higgins. You would be better suited to answer that question. T. Higgins? I feel like I need to go against Chris at some point in time, or someone others be like, you're just a homer, and I'm not a homer. T. Higgins is Chris Godwin. He legitimately could be a okay. number one receiver for half of the league, minimum. Uh, and he's going to get that opportunity after this year. But all of those players that I listed for you are the ones that are ranked between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. In order, Debo Samuel, 89, Keenan Allen, 89, Tyler Lockett, 89, DK Metcalf, Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams, all 88s, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, all 87s, and then Brandon Ayuk, is also in 86 along with Chris Godwin. That, that David Harrison is what had me riled up at Madden because there might be two players in between Evans and Godwin where I would take that player over Chris Godwin. T. Higgins, to me, that's a real close one. I'd probably lean T. Higgins. Um, And then... I was also kind of thinking DK Metcalf like that to me is, a is interesting. Play. Yeah, there's some there's some close ones there, certainly. But but and then not, I'm, I'm with you. Amon Ra, again, he does begin here. I, I might yeah. put him ahead of Chris Godwin. But yeah, to well, Lockett's that, another one. Lockett's a guy you're going to see in Madden mossing your guys in the end zone. Yes, which he never does. And somebody's going to find and I'll clip. Someone's going to find a clip of Tyler Lockett mossing a linebacker and send it to me. So, yeah, the that was what had me riled up about the Madden ratings is the disrespect of Chris Godwin. And maybe some of it has to do with the fact that he wasn't fully himself last year. That absolutely could play a part in it. So that first roster update that comes out, he better jump all the way up to a freaking 89. Minimum. Well, I'll, I'll tell you part of the problem with, with Madden's ratings every year, because every year people complain about their ratings, is they have a certain set. Like, they have fewer ratings, guys, than Blesto has scouts. And Blesto provides scouting services 
for only a portion. They don't even provide scouting service for the entire National Football League. But these are experts in evaluating players, and they have more people evaluating players than Madden has evaluating players for for these ratings. And again, it's a video game, so you know let's let's take a couple of steps, you know, in the right direction here and keep things sane. But you're also supposed to be the premier football simulation mm-hmm. game, and football fans are more in, invested than ever in their teams and their players. And when you have fans of teams telling you how ridiculous some of your ratings are. That's a problem. Like if if you want to be taken seriously in this space, that is a problem. Like the days of like Madden 94, where it's like, oh man, look at these cool new graphics. Every player looks the same. It's just some of them have peach skin, some of them have black skin, but they all look the same and run the same and move the same. Like those days are gone. Like with the advance of technology, like the consumer expects you to be as detailed as your technology is. So they're not catching up, they're not keeping up. Uh, and it shows, you know what I mean? And again this is sparked by Chris Godwin or whatever, but like you're going to have other play. I mean, the fact that you don't even have like a long snap again, I'm not a coder, but I feel like the ability to create a long snapping position and not making every long snapper a tight end. And then having Ryan Jensen snap on field goals and punts. I think that's something you can fix pretty easily in coding in these days. But the fact that they don't even do that minute of a detail. I, I mean, honestly, it just, it's just, it's, it's indicative of what the problem has been with the franchise ever since it got the exclusive rights. Well, speaking of days gone by, David Harrison, Ooh, uh, the offspring. It's an offspring song. It's a good song. It is Sorry. a good song. Antoine Winfield Jr. said recently mm-hmm. that he doesn't think the Bucks and Tom Brady are done with one another. And mm-hmm. that's a little bit crazy to me. So, Winfield was on the Richard Sherman podcast, and he said that he's quote unquote sure that the Bucks are still in contact with Tom Brady and that he might not be done playing after all. So Winfield told Richard Sherman, quote, I'm sure we're still reaching out to him, trying to see if he's trying to come back to the team. Hey, it could happen. Anything's possible. Winfield would then go on to say, quote unquote, it's up in the air, man. David, I know how I feel about this, but I'm going to get your thoughts first. What are your what do you think about what Antoine had to say about Tom Brady returning to the Buccaneers? Um, well, you know, first I read the quote, so then I had to go hear it for myself and then I heard it, so then I had to go watch it for myself. He's smiling through the entire thing. It's a, it's a joke. It's tongue in cheek. He's not being serious. He's not breaking any. He even says before he says all this, I don't actually know. You know what I mean? Um, and and the only thing I would put on this is from a media awareness standpoint, and I've, I've, I've actually talked to a few ex-players who are now doing like content and media and stuff like that. Um, most of them, I can't speak for all of them, obviously, but most of them that I've talked to will tell you, I'm not a journalist. I'm an entertainer. Richard Sherman is not a journalist. I know that he's been on like ESPN and he's been on like journalistic sites and, and t- television shows. And all. He's not a journalist. He's a content creator. He's an entertainer, whatever you want to call it. And there, um, that's not a dig by any means. Just, just give me, just to get it clear. Um, your boy, Patrick is not a journalist. He's kind of getting closer and closer to the journalism thing though. I mean, he's, he's starting to become a journalist. I think maybe, I don't know if it's reluctantly or just the natural flow of things, but typically when these guys are actually breaking news, they tend to say, this is real or (laughs) this is news. Like they don't just spout off at the mouth and then just move on. Like again, and I'm pretty sure Antoine Winfield Jr. and Rich Sherman probably are both sitting back laughing at how many articles got written about this throwaway line. Uh, and probably in the in the moment even knew what they were doing, and that's fine. It's the dead period. They're having fun. But no, like that should not be taken seriously from an aspect of 
this is a thing that Antoine Winfield Jr. just said is happening within the Buccaneers complex because that's at least that's not the context that I took it under. And I'm pretty sure Jason Light wouldn't appreciate Antoine revealing that in that fashion anyway. Yeah, I I was with you. I read it, then I wanted to watch it. And I, I do lean the same way you do, that he was, you know, tongue in cheek, joking around. He's smiling the whole time. But at the same time, I have never seen Antoine Winfield Jr. outside of game day not smiling. The dude smiles all the time. I mean, on game day, he's smiling. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're game day, they're still the serious Antoine. Yeah. We've never seen serious Antoine off of a game day field. So, him and Zion McCollum, the two smilingest Buccaneers you'll ever meet. Yeah, it, they, they really are. And so there's that little piece of me that thought maybe he's trying to come off like he's joking, but there might be some seriousness behind his words in terms of him thinking that the Bucks might still reach out and Tom might still want to play. And, you know, it's up in the air, I mean, man. Like, I, I will I tell you this. If it were to happen. If Tom were to say, you know what, I want to play again, and the Buccaneers say, you know what, we want you to play again, first things first, because he's we talked about this, he's actually retired. He has submitted his paperwork. Yes. He is retired. So he would have to apply for reinstatement, which would then have to go into consideration. And I'm not saying the NFL would turn him down, but the other wrinkle to this is he's now a minority owner of an NFL franchise. Yes. That is another part of this problem. So there, there's a lot of he would have to divest himself or, I mean, best, like, we're like best case scenario for Tom Brady is they would allow him to keep minority ownership of the Raiders. He'd have to play for the Raiders. Like they're not going to let a minority owner of the Raiders play for a competing team. Even if they're not on the schedule, you're still competing. So they're, you're, they're not going to let that happen. So there's a lot of hurdles. So like, it's not as simple as Jason light being like, Hey Tom, you want to play? And Tom says, yeah, Jason, I want to play. Hey Rob, let's go. And they just show up on the field. Like this, you're talking, I mean, you're probably talking a special vote, which the next special vote that I'm aware of, the NFL is on Thursday, and that's for a very specific reason and not reinstating Tom Brady. Um, I think Tom is perfectly fine doing what he's doing. He got his name on the creamsicle jerseys that dropped last week. He wanted to make you know some money off of that, wanted to have his name on those jerseys. They're available. They were in the store. I think he's fine. He's not coming back. Yeah. And you we're know. not going to talk about this, but I, I'm just going to throw this out there in the atmosphere because I, I don't know. I like people hating me. I think it's ridiculous that there's a creamsicle Tom Brady jersey. I know I people wanted it, and that's fine. And I know it's sold like hotcakes, and that's fine. But the dude never wore one. He never played in one. I don't know. Like it just it it just didn't sit well with me. I I get it from the aspect of. Yeah. He's it's an old man old. yells at cloud moment. It's my old it, man yells at cloud moment. And I you know. It. Gil from Bucks Nation, he felt the exact same way. He said it's a straight up money grab, but here's the thing. Oh, that changed my mind. I agree with you. He's the best quarterback in franchise history. Uh, People love the throwback jersey. They want their favorite. He wasn't on one of our top 10 lists. He was on mine. Thank you very much. He wasn't on one of ours. He wasn't on 50% of locked on Bucks top 10s list. Neither was Keyshawn Johnson. Well, Keyshawn's not a top 10 all time buck, but. Let's let's be honest. You guys can leave your comments in the comment section. Who well, is will. a greater all-time buck, Tom Brady or Joey Galloway? Tom Brady. <laughs> exactly. All right. With that, we hey, are. Look, getting- I qualified my list. I said this is just my personal. 
favors. I, I have nothing wrong with Tom. I, I enjoyed every minimal conversation I had with Tom, which was press conferences only because he doesn't talk to us. Um, but, I enjoyed talking to him when I almost ran smack dab directly into his chest when he turned a corner. Uh, that's, that's a good way to end your career. Um, you don't even you're not even allowed to breathe the same air as Tom Brady without special credentialing. Um, it's true. I, I, I forgot my point. Joey Galloway. Let's go. Joey Galloway was awesome. All right. With that, we are going to get out of here. Coming up tomorrow, I got Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay coming on and joining me. But in the meantime, if you've got questions, ideas, topics, thoughts, reactions, of course, you can leave those in the YouTube comments or you can email us at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you are checking everything out over at BucksNation.com and BucksGameDay.com. Follow everything on Twitter. I'm throwing my pen places. Uh, at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison 82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.